Welcome back to Judging Book Covers Podcast, your bi-weekly book club podcast, where for 2021, we are doing Book Riot's Read Harder Challenge. I'm Megan Griffin, and as always, I am joined by my amazing co-host, Stephanie Cortez. How are you doing, Stephanie? Doing well. I'm excited for our challenge this year. Really excited yeah. to see the new things that we're gonna we're gonna read. So I'm yeah, start off. I don't know why. I mean, I don't know why I feel so optimistic in January 2021 <laughs> after these certain events, but <laughs> I do for certain you know, things. You know, we got five days in there that were good. <laughs> we had five good ones. What else could we ask yep. for? And uh, hopefully, hopefully, in the next. <laughs> It's funny. I got a friend that started counting down the hours. Oh, man. And um, I'm trying to see how many hours it was. At 11, so about Mm -hmm. two hours ago, it was 241 hours max. Okay. I'm, like, hearing that in, like, the rent. It's not, like, the rent opening. Yes. (laughs) We can count minutes, too. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, whatever gets us through. But yeah, but yeah that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. I am very glad that I have spent some time over my vacation insulating this room further mm-hmm. um, because I feel like it is warmer in here than it is in most of my apartments, which is good because I am struggling with my heater currently that mm. has turned off again. So. Damn heater. Uh, I should not freeze. And my dog has three blankets on the couch, so I am not worried about him freezing either. Two blankets. Two blankets. Yeah. So he came upstairs and rummaged through the trash a minute ago, and that's okay. Okay. (laughs) I'm worried about him more than anything because he won't wear clothes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's cold. So get that. (sighs) He'll come to your. He'll he'll burrow or come over to you. He was. Yeah. Yeah. Before we started recording, he was in between my legs and just like sleeping with his head up, and I was like, "I gotta wake you up." So I gave him a treat (laughs) as an apology. Oh. And I wonder why my dog's spoiled. <laughs> Can't figure it out. I saw some, oh, I saw some like drawing of two people in bed, and the guy, it was a man and a woman, and he was cold. So he's like, I'm cold. Give me a cat. And she had like three or four cats on her <laughs> for the warmth. <laughs> like, it's yeah, true, though. I get that. <laughs> it's true. Cats and dogs. Yep. Yeah. Right now, mine, if I move a millimeter, he's like, okay, I'm going to just take an inch here. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> And if I get up to pee, he's like, oh, okay, you just left this, like, big warm hole. I'm going to, like, and I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> he's like, oh, why are you trying to move me away? Right. He's like, let me live my life. Thanks. <laughs> yes. He's like, this is a queen size bed and I am a queen size bitch. So get out. <laughs> I don't know where that audio is from, but oh. I've heard it frequently recently and it definitely applies to my dog. I love it. I've not heard it, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so... We have entered into a new year, mm-hmm. and our last episode, we really didn't discuss if we were going to try to read anything in between, but have you? Have you read any books uh, since we last recorded? Yeah, so I wanted to get back into the Reluctant Royals series, as we had talked nice. about in December, yes. and I realized that for A Princess in Theory, I got it from the library, and I was like, you know what? I really liked it. I'm sure I liked um once ghosted twice shy Uh so i'm just gonna buy them and then there was like a sale on amazon for all of them and i was like all into cart (laughs) so those came so i reread a princess in theory and once ghosted twice shy um read those to be ready to start the next one 
So very nice. Yeah. So you've just reread them. You haven't read a new one yet. No, I haven't read a new one. And then okay. I started another book that I also haven't finished. <laughs> okay. So. What book did you start? Uh, the memo. It's let me get the full title actually. Okay. It's the memo. What women of color need to know to secure a seat at the table. Um, so it's basically about like from talks about like microaggressions to the wage gap, like things for women of color to um, like advice for them in the corporate yeah. world. So I was like, this could be good. So I started that. And of course, Very the cool. first chapter was about networking, which is a little harder to do when you're yes. at home, but also feel a little awkward doing it. <laughs> and so I read that the first chapter the intro in the first chapter and then my company does their annual kickoff in february so you have to register for it so i registered for it and there was an optional um networking lunch on the monday of the week that it starts and then an optional lunch and learn about like some topic that you can attend so i was definitely going to do the lunch and learn i was like oh the networking and i i don't know what the author sounds like but i could hear her in my voice in my head being like you read this chapter do Do the networking it's just an hour you'll get through it (laughs) so i signed up for that (laughs) oh i hope it goes well yeah i'm sure it will i just i'm also just trying to be more just interact with people more because i know we're kind of in the home stretch in terms of a vaccine vaccines are out like they're coming to people but who i still don't know how long i'll be working from home and uh winter is long so i'm just trying to winter is long yeah see see people more and stuff so yeah it is yeah. kind of crazy how much more, like, the days don't change, but I play a lot more video games in the winter. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, it's nicer out. You're just out going for walks yeah. and stuff. You can go eat outside if you want to. Like, I'm not going out to eat until it's spring slash summer here. Yeah. Because no, I don't want to be inside. So, <laughs> yeah. How about you? Did you read anything? I did. Uh, I read Black Star Renegade, which is a sci-fi space opera type thing with a reluctant hero and a weapon that isn't necessarily um, a weapon that is being toted as like the thing that's going to save the universe but is it really a good weapon kind of thing Mm -hmm. and uh, there's a sequel I'm debating if I want to read that but I also what I want to talk about is I started and read 240 pages of Crescent City by Sarah J Moss and DNF'd it. Oh. And I just... <laughs> this was, like, earlier this week, and I'm okay. still, like... <sighs> so this book was 803 pages long. And I was like, okay. I really like her A Court of Thorns and Roses. They're really spicy. Very good. Uh, retellings of fairy tales and stuff, so... And this was a adult... Um, urban fantasy book Mm -hmm. so I was like okay like I I wasn't basically what I'm trying to say is I wasn't going into this expecting earth shattering literature I was expecting to be entertained and I was expecting some good sex scenes Mm. considering how her younger books have sex scenes Mm -hmm. apparently adult books mean that you get told that they're having more sex but we don't get more sex scenes that's a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> and also after 240 pages, I was so flipping bored. Oh, And I'm no. so upset because her books are ridiculous and entertaining. And this one, even the summary of this, um, like I read, like a, there's a website that you can go to that they take and will basically lay out the entire plot and give you spoilers. 
bored me to tears. Wow. Like I was skimming the summary because I was like, this is so boring. Oh, no. (laughs) And I just, if it is on your list and you want to read it, there's no, no shade. Do it. Mm Mm-hmm. But also, if you end up reading the sequel, please tell me how it is. <laughs> what happens in it? Like, so Sarah J. Moss is known for main character girl, who is very clearly a stand-in for her, falls in love with dude. Book two, we find out, dude, she fell in love with terrible dude. Here's actual dude that she should be falling in love with. It's her soulmate, who was also kind of an ass in book one. Okay. But this is what happens. So... What I gathered from a lot of reviews and what I was doing as well is like, they basically were like, here's dude number one. And we were all like, that's fine. Who's dude number two? <laughs> and one of the reviews was like, I think it's this dude. Because I was like looking at it before I started or before I got too far in. And I was like, okay, cool, 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 cool. That dude's her brother. <laughs> and it made, it colored everything about what he said as where I was like, do you want to be with your sister? Do you want to sleep with your sister? What? <laughs> so, this is this is the entire reason. Like I'm being honest here. It's 2021. I just want to know. I want someone to read the sequel so they can tell me if he wants to fuck his sister. That's all I need to know. So okay. yeah. Okay. That's what I've read this year. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh my. Oh. <laughs> Like so, legit brother or not like not that it's steps her or half brother. Okay, but it's her still... half brother. So the main character of this book is secretly one of the heirs to the one of the fairy kings. I can't remember which one because I didn't care. And but he won't legitimize her. Oh, okay. And so like apparently this makes her super I was about to say super attracted to, but everybody wants to fuck her. Great. Everybody wants to fuck her. Which is cool. All about sex positivity. And she has a lot of sex in the book. Not that there are any sex scenes, really. You just don't get any good details from it. (laughs) But she fucks a lot of people. And it's cool. But we're not fucking the other people that are having a lot of sex. And that I had some issues with. Um, And yeah, it was that vibe of like literally everybody. Every comment about her clothes. She wears a lot of clothes that like cover next to nothing or leave nothing to the imagination. Which again, that's cool. If that's what makes you comfy, if that makes you feel like the best you, literally no shade here. I just want to know if her brother wants to fuck her. That's all I need to know. Yeah. Please tweet at us because now, even though I haven't read any of this, I just, <laughs> I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> the sequel comes out, I think, this September at the okay. earliest. Have to, like, it may actually not be at the end of the year. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, this was, to put it this way, I was hiking. And if I have a good enough book, I can walk four hours. And I have done it. And like have walked half marathon lengths and only stopped because legs tired. Mm-hmm. But book's still good. I got a mile and a half into my hike and was really not feeling it because, oh, no. like, just my anxiety was really high. Yeah. And I put this book on audiobook and it could not distract me. And, like, mm. like it just is a lot of, like, I'm going to tell you stuff. 
240 pages had so much world dumping that I was mm. supposed to care about. And I was like, there's nothing here that I actually do care about. And yeah. So. But her half-brother is the legitimate heir. I did not mention that part. So he calls her her cousin. And, like, the way that it was at first was, like, that's my cousin. It's a really distant cousin or something. And I was like, oh, okay. So they're, like, trying to legitimize the fact that it's, like, distant enough that when weird stuff, sexy stuff starts to happen. But then, like, the next chapter it was like, but secretly he's my brother. And I was like, "Mm -hmm. he's kind of stalking you like someone who wants to fuck you. Not like in a brotherly, like, I'm just looking out for my sister kind of way. Also, a couple of comments he makes about her clothes. I was just like, <sighs> listen. Hmm. A Simple Favor is a wonderful book that has incest. Actually, sorry, let me take that back. Simple Favor is a wonderful movie mm-hmm. based on a book that has incest in it. The book is trash. Mm. <laughs> the movie is phenomenal. If you're looking for a little bit of incest, I suggest that. <laughs> Just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> so, yeah. Crescent City will not be falling into the Read Harder, uh, Book Riot's Read Harder challenge anytime soon. But it is also highly recommended all over all the book stuff right now. So I was like, all right, fine. <laughs> I bought it months ago. Might yeah. as well try it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so we started our Book Riot Read Harder challenge, and our first book was a book that intimidates us. Yeah. So full disclosure, when we started talking about this, both Stephanie and I went, we don't really know what would intimidate us to not start a book. Right. Didn't have any examples or ideas. Because like... Length is not really a thing. Like, that's not really an issue for us. We've both done long books. Um, We've both done magical realism, which about Mm -hmm. it was the only thing that I could get close to, like, something that Mm -hmm. intimidates me. Mm -hmm. Um, What are other things? Um, We've done things with... And I I do got to say, like, I think a lot of that is because of what we've done on this podcast. If something, quote unquote, intimidates me, then I'm likely going to be like, let's just read it on the podcast because then I'll do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that will guarantee that it gets read or yeah. in that case of the one from last year. Yeah. Or, you know, we, we find a good it. reason. Yeah. That yeah. we aren't going to actually read it. Right. So I'm throwing that out there because the book we picked is not something that necessarily intimidates us, though it has been on my TBR list for since the movie came out. Oh, because Carrie Mulligan's in the movie, and mm-hmm. God, I love her. Yeah. Um, so we read Never Let Me Go by Katsuo Ishiguro. Ishiguro? I'm so bad at this. Yeah, Which was a Man Booker Prize finalist and was one of the recommended books by Book mm-hmm. Riot for an intimidating book. Yeah. And it did, the the summary about it did say that the, the difficulty with it wasn't length or anything like that, but it was the emotional turmoil. And it said that um, there was a reason this book often ended up on saddest books of all time list. So I was like, okay, sure. Why not? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess like that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, there have definitely been some books over the years that I've been like, I don't really want to read this because... 
I know it's going to send me into tears Mm -hmm. and I'm not in the mood to do that or I'm not in the mindset. Um, So like there's a book, I think it's by Adam Sylvia called They Both Die at the End, which is about these two guys that uh, it's an alternate universe where um, at the beginning of the day, there's like this company at midnight they call and they say, hey, you're going to die today. And that's okay. I can tell you, really. Okay. And these two guys both get that call, and somehow that leads to them meeting up, and it is, I think, the saddest book I think I've ever read. Mm, okay. And the title, I mean, they do die at the end. Like, you sit the there, title and you're told like, you. man, maybe, maybe there's a chance, oh, no. there's not. <laughs> They're going to die at the end. Um, so I, I was expecting a lot from this book, based on that. Yeah. Because also, I think the little summary, it also talks about how this, it said it's set in near future England, which it's actually not. Um, But it focuses (laughs) on Kathy as she recollects her life in a mysterious boarding school called, okay, this is why I was pronouncing it wrong in my head. The summary on Book Riot says Halisham. Oh, it's Halisham. It's Halisham. Okay. Yeah. This is okay because I got I was in the middle of the book and I was like, why in my brain am I reading Mrs. Halisham when I can clearly see this explains it anyway. Okay. Um, as she grows older, she discovers the startling purpose of Halisham and the implications that has for herself and her friends. So I was intrigued by that and was like, uh oh, because if it's the saddest book of all time, what is this school's purpose? What are they doing with these kids? Right. I was, I was concerned. So you didn't really know much about this at all. Mm-mm. Okay. That was the only summary that I'd read. Um, okay. Mentioned the movie, and I didn't look right. into the movie. I just saw that it the book came out in two thousand five, I think, and then the movie was twenty ten. So a few years yes. later. This is considered a modern day classic. Um, actually, friend of the podcast Ollie yeah. Brady said that it is on required reading list mm-hmm. for um, Ireland Irish schools schools in Ireland. One of those works. <laughs> and actually, my friend Mary um, just got her grad school literature list for mm-hmm. one, of, one of her classes. And this is on the list as well. Oh, wow. Okay. So we started off with a classic, Go Us. Mm-hmm. Um, I do wonder. So I knew the twist. Oh, okay. And I do wonder if I hadn't known the twist. Like, I knew what was going to happen in this book. And I wonder if I hadn't, if that would have made this sadder. Hmm. So I didn't know. And I was sad. Like there's certain parts towards the end where I was definitely sad, but I didn't cry. I also don't know that I would name it one of the saddest books of all time that I've ever read. Like the end of lock and key when, um, Scott and I can't remember the the young woman's name his girlfriend Mm -hmm. after they get out from like the caverns and everything and they get the like evil out of them and they die that I think to me was sadder than this book like that one gutted me this one I was like it's sad but I'm not yeah I um, recently I just lost my train of thought because all I could think of was Doctor Who episodes because I've done a lot of Doctor Who episodes preparing for the New Year's uh, day special hmm. uh, and Doctor Who episodes make me cry oh. um, I know I've read something recently that made me cry and I'm totally blanking on what it is but even knowing the twist of some things like for instance 
I don't know if you watch any Doctor Who, mm-hmm. but um, there is an episode where this character shows up called River Song the first time. And it is essentially the first time the Doctor's met her. But it's very clear she has known the Doctor for years. Mm. And every time they did a new River Song episode, I went back and rewatched the 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 episodes with her. And n- the more you added to the story, the more I cried. Mm. So knowing the way that her life ended mm-hmm. and knowing the ending, I guess is what I'm getting to, mm-hmm. didn't stop the tears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there are so many books that make me cry. And so, yeah, I guess... I think that's like when we rewatch shows, even yeah. knowing what's going to happen to Tara and Buffy, I'm still going to get yes. super fucking sad and angry yeah. at just we did for it. Or Anya in the final episode. Like, oh even God, yes. though I've yeah watched them a million times and know that it's coming or the episode with her mom. Jesus. Like, oh, I know it's time. coming. There are some times where I'm just like, I'm just going to I'm just going to stop right before yeah, you know she what? closes that door. It's a happy door episode. And... Yeah. It's yeah. a happy episode up until the last 30 seconds. Right. I'm not going to. I just like, I'm going to stop right here. <laughs> but like, yeah. so there's even though you know what's going to happen or have even read it or seen it in movies or shows, um, certain things will still uh, evoke those emotions. Yeah. And so, I think I had trouble connecting to any of the three main mm. characters. I think that's where I struggled with this. Mm. Um, I enjoyed it. Like, Mm -hmm. it was good. I will read. um, I know that he's got other books out there. And another one that is fairly um, famous is The Remains of the Day. Mm -hmm. But this was not an overwhelmingly amazing start to uh, our, our reading challenge. Yeah, like there's definitely things that I liked. Like I liked the style. Um, I kind of like when we get a book where we're just getting bits and pieces. Like it starts off, yeah. it's the 1990s, the late 1990s in England. Kathy's telling us the story. She tells us she's 31, 31, and she's a carer. And she's just talking about these things like we really know what a carer is. We know what these donations are. Right. I kind of like when we get stories like that where I'm like, oh, well, I want to know what these are tell me and then we get bits and pieces as we go on yeah um so i think i liked because i also have questions about the content which we'll get into (laughs) um i think i liked the style maybe more so than the story if that makes sense like i enjoyed it i liked overall i think i gave it like because i am using my goodreads goal for 2021 is update that goodreads (laughs) yes um i think i gave it a four um, cause I, I liked, I really liked the style and how I compared it. I was explaining this to George. I compared it to, so I don't know if you remember when we read the first evil, the R.L. Stein book, every little chapter very like 99.99% of the time ends with some type of cliffhanger. Yes. And then they, then the next chapter, usually it does pick up right there. Very often though, it's like they heard a noise. And so they like turned down the corner and like stared in surprise. And then the next chapter starts with, there's no one there. Like, it seems almost like a, like a little bit of a letdown. Right. The ends of certain sections, a lot of them or chapters end with like, and then that time that this thing happened at the picnic table or the time at the cottages. And then we go right into it. So it felt like not quite cliffhangers, but enough to keep me wanting to go. Yeah. And then there was still a payoff where I wasn't annoyed about the fact that it kept happening. I was just, I felt like I could rely on our author to tell me more. <laughs> like, Yeah, I, I agree. It felt very 
maybe not conversational, but um, like a woman telling us about her life as she comes kind of, mm. or is accepting that like she's probably going to, her life isn't going to last much longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to say, she's in her old age, but you said 31. And I'm <laughs> she's not 31. <laughs> but, you know, for for them and what they do. Yeah. She's yeah. old. Yeah. Um, so actually, yeah, now I have a question about that. Okay. Because she's been a carer for... 12 years. 12 years. years. 12. And that's 12 years. And this is going to be the end of it for her. Right. Um, they don't usually go this long before they have it. Well, before they have to start doing their donations. But her, Ruth, and Tommy, are they the same age? I think so. Because it was implied that they're all the same year. And they all left uh, Hailsham at the same time. That's true. So. I guess I'm just curious why certain people... Because the implications seem to be that Tommy was not good at being a carer. Yeah, carer. so he didn't do it as long as yeah. Ruth, and then okay. And, and I also would not be surprised if Ruth wasn't a great carer based on her personality. Yeah. Um, and Kathy, like <sighs> Kathy's a pushover. I don't think that there's a way to like amp that up any, but Kathy, like most of this book, just kind of goes with the flow. And lets Ruth kind of walk all over her. Mm-hmm. And not that I'm saying that that's necessarily a quality that's going to be good for a carer. But because she doesn't, she lacks that abrasiveness, I can see her being better at it. Yeah. I think also... Because I... I, I'm wondering if he was going for her to come off as a pushover or as just more like empathetic and under. So there's a part that comes to mind when they're kids and she's telling us how there's this one teacher, Miss. Oh God. What was the teacher's name? No, Geraldine. Okay. Was that the teacher? There was a Miss Geraldine. Yes, Geraldine. And how, like, the girls, ha- it was really Ruth who started this, that they needed to protect her because yes. they, I don't know who they was, they were going to come do stuff for her, so they were looking out for her. And there's a sale um, where the kids get to buy things, and Ruth gets this really pretty pencil pouch, but she kind of implies that Miss Geraldine gave it to her instead. Yes. And so Kathy's like, this is some bullshit. I, she kind of lays a trap for her and says, oh, yeah, I was hanging out with so-and-so and he was going through the register for the sale. So I was slipping through it and she could see that Ruth was getting uncomfortable. Ruth was realizing she was caught in the lie. And then Kathy's kind of like, well, wait, what am I doing? Like, uh, is it really worth it to make my friend feel this bad? So she kind of backs down from it and just says, oh, well, I didn't really see anything. So I'm wondering if it's that empathy Maybe. I don't know. There's. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's other parts where I really wish Kathy had punched her in the face. That one just wasn't one of them. (laughs) I feel like you can be empathetic and also still stand up for yourself. And still like. But also I can understand that as being harder as a kid. And maybe this is like, again, someone who is in their 30s, which is a lot of Kathy looking back on her life and, and, and acknowledging that you know she would have done things differently now mm-hmm. so me saying this is someone in my 30s going like hey stand up for yourself also understanding she's a freaking child like mm-hmm. I get it I don't know it just I don't know I don't 
I don't want empathetic and pushover to be synonymous. Yeah. Synonymous. So I guess maybe there's parts where it seems more empathetic to me than pushover. Like later on when they're teenagers, I was going to say when they're older. I mean, they are older, but they're still like kids. They're teenagers at the cottages. And Ruth basically implies that she's a slut because she's sleeping. She slept with a couple of people. Oh, my gosh. I was like, well, that's where we need to like not just like we need to shut this shit down. Yes. And she doesn't really. The whole conversation about sex I found interesting <laughs> because he very quickly sets up that these people, that they, they cannot reproduce. Um, and knowing that, what's to stop someone from having sex? And it's kind of implied throughout the whole thing, even though they can travel once they get to the cabins, they don't interact with the general masses, the general population. Yeah. So it's like they're having sex with each other. Mm-hmm. But he's still like, but don't do it. <laughs> and I'm like. Because like they're told that they need to be careful. Yeah. And choosy about who they have sex with. But we never see any of them actually interact with anyone outside right. of their group or those like them. Yeah. So it's like. I also like that there is, like, literally Kathy thinks about this and is like, is it because they can get pregnant and, like, that's why they're still, like, hesitant because they're struggling to separate us from them? And, but, yeah, the whole slut-shaming thing, I was like, yeah, this is kind of pointless. Because it's also like, well, if you're going to have sex with just each other, pickings can be slim. Yes. I mean, you have a small population to choose from because they don't really go out. They don't really leave the cottages right. that often. Yeah, it's and, and it is implied that they get a lot of their social cues from media, TV shows things mm-hmm. like that. And knowing that maybe slut shaming was prominent in media during that time. But also, I don't know. It's it's a weird foothold. Yeah. Yeah. And also, okay, so she does it because she's trying to keep Kathy and Tommy apart. And don't get me wrong. Like, Kathy and Tommy are sweet together, and it is a very gentle and quiet kind of love. Mm -hmm. But also, and like, and that's what I was expecting. Because, like, Tommy does all these nice things for her with, Mm -hmm. it's like just like a way to be sweet and like show that he cares and is not like, trying to win her love or anything and it felt real and genuine but when they finally get together Mm -hmm. it didn't feel like love to me and maybe that's because I'm it's not from the argument of like clones can't love I never had that argument in my head or anything Mm -hmm. like that but for me it just was like you guys seem to have decided to get together and are giving this a try so that you don't have to become donations Mm. So I was totally expecting them to get together as kids yes. Because so when we first meet Tommy when they're kids I can't remember how old they are He's throwing that temper tantrum because the other boys make fun of him Like they don't pick him for the for the soccer team So Kathy is able to like kind of talk him down a little bit Like in the conversations that she's able to have with him It's like it seems like she's one of the few people who can like get through to him Yes So when he's dating Ruth I was like really? <laughs> And then they broke up. Um, 
and it's another friend actually tells Kathy that it seems like she's second in command or second in line. Second that, in line, yeah. Yeah, that she would be the natural next person to date Tommy. And I was like, well, yeah, I feel like they make more sense than Ruth in terms Same. of if you want a, a couple where they communicate with each other, it's them. Because he also then talks back to her. It's not like she's only talking at him and he's understanding. It's like they have these yes. conversations. They get along really well. Their friendship mm-hmm. is a very good basis for what would be like a really good quiet love. Like it's really, I think, beautiful. Mm-hmm. I would not be surprised. There is actually no discussion on how Ruth and Tommy got together. Like how right. that happened. It's just, and, just they are one day. Yeah. I would not be surprised if Ruth caught like the slightest whiff that Kathy had feelings and was like, she she gives off the vibe of like, oh, you want something? I want to see if I can get it first. She's a mean girl. She total. She's totally a mean girl. Um, because they break up, and then that friend makes that comment to Kathy, and then Ruth goes to Kathy and says that she wants her help to yes. get back together with Tommy. And honestly, I was like, Ruth knows exactly what she's doing at that point because yes. she says something to Kathy about how she's the only one who can really talk to him. And something about like about how Tommy really listens to her. And I was like, Ruth, I think Ruth knows that these two would be the natural, a more natural couple than her and Tommy. And she just doesn't want them to. And that's why she wanted to get back together with him. Never felt like Kathy really wanted to get together with Tommy. Like there wasn't a lot of like hinting at being upset. Or, like, not wanting to do this, help Ruth and Tommy get back together. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It just, like, really felt like Kathy always just rolled with the punches. I kind of got the sense that she did. Because right around when that was happening, she had decided she was going to finally have sex for the first time with Henry yes. or Harry or something. And she kept putting it off. Like, she'd see him and she'd be like, oh, I can't. Or, oh, right. I don't want to yet. Or she like kept giving excuses, so I kind of I thought she was doing that because she was trying to like navigate getting together with Tommy. Definitely after he and, and then, Ruth break up. Yeah, yeah. Think, after, I guess there's part of me that's like, if the friend hadn't made that comment, mm-hmm. oh, would, would she have Kathy even have looked at him that way? I think so. Okay. If the friend hadn't made the comment. And if she was still in the same progression of, I really should just have sex. Because that's kind of what it seems to be. She's like, I just kind of want to do it. Like, other people are doing it. I just want to do it. Yeah. Um, I think she would have looked to him because he was someone that she liked, that she talked to, uh, that could that she could talk to. Um, I think she would have probably turned to him for that. But would if- it have turned into a couple? Maybe. Don't know. Okay. So you're... Okay. So same train of thought of just, like, this is someone I trust and everything. And, like, yeah. I know you're not going to hit me or something i don't know whatever or be like a shitty guy about it i think yeah i think it was that but you know what now that i'm saying it i do think they would have ended up a couple that even if they went into it just like we're just gonna have sex because kathy's like i just want to do it it would have turned into a relationship because of the friendship that they had already yeah like it is they they are a good basis for the argument of just like date your friends that you can have sex with i guess that sounds so crass and that is not what I mean I don't know I don't know I just I appreciate really do that like there's no declarations of love and mm-hmm. there's no fireworks or like messy drama or anything but also I even like when they get together at the end it still sounds so clinical 
Mm. And it's not like... I think... There's no discussion of her life being better or like feeling... I don't know. The parts to me at the end... So when they get together, Ruth has had her first donation. Tommy's already done three? Two. 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 Um, Ruth's first one did not go well. And that's how Kathy ends up her carer. And then the three of them end up doing something together. Ruth says she just comes out and admits that she kept them apart. That she knew that it should have been the two of them together. And this is where I was just like, God damn it, Ruth. I think that might have been when I said I wanted to punch her in the face. Um, I figured, yeah. When all that started, I was like, oh, bud. Yep. And then she's trying to atone for it, and she gives them Madame's address. And mm-hmm. she is the the woman who used to come to the school. There's this whole theory. The, t- the guardians used to take their art. And the theory is they were taking the art to show your soul, like to show like who you are. And that they would then use it to figure out if this couple who comes to them and says they're in love, if that's true, and then they can get a deferral. That part, I was just like, okay, so it's a deferral to do these donations. It's not even an exemption. It's just, I can have a couple years with you and then I got to go donate. Yeah. Cause like they, it's not like they can have kids or start a family or anything. So like all of this is bad. And like, we could get into the politics or the discussion. Politics is not the right word of discussion of our clones, humans. Do they deserve human rights? Yes, because I like I do appreciate that their teacher, Miss Lucy, like she clearly snapped that day when she finally yes. tells them because she hears them talking about what they want to do when they grow up. And she's like, no, I have to tell you, you were created um, as, shortly after you leave here. You're going to start donating your vital organs. And that's what you were created for. And that's it. So but the theory is that a couple in love can get a deferral if they can contact her and say that they're in love so she gives ruth gives them the uh, madame's address to go make it right i was honestly like this is i I was like this is bullshit i would not be surprised if this address is to like some store you know some (laughs) random storefront and it's not true and it's just ruth continuing to be a mean girl basically um no i think ruth knows she was about to die yeah i i had faith in ruth at that point once kathy confirmed the address for me i was like okay (laughs) um i because i just was like i think i don't know but kathy starts crying when they're talking about that when ruth is like it should have been you and tommy so to me that was me like all right kathy did have feelings for tommy Mm -hmm. and i think realizes like the time they essentially lost together because of ruth that's fair but we don't we don't get like Tommy's reactions to that. Yeah, I was about to say. So you've kind of proven to me that at least Kathy has feelings. Now prove to me that Tommy does because like I can't. Tommy's <laughs> whole thing is that he's drawing because to prove that he has a soul. So, but everything about it because he tries it with Ruth, and I'm like, did you really think you loved Ruth? And now, or is it just like this argument of him just like wanting to prove he has a soul so he can get this deferment? I got the sense for Ruth that he was just doing it because to make her happy and that right. he didn't really, I don't know that he actually thought her and Ruth had a shot. I just, I don't know. I, I, I do think Kathy had feelings. I think if we had gotten something from Tommy in that moment where, cause it's Kathy's telling the story. Yes. So we're only going to see what Kathy sees. Um, if she had turned and saw him in the mirror crying, something, any little yes. bit like that, I think would have told me. She refuses to look at him. But she does. Yeah. So I kind of got the sense that he had that he has some regrets because 
when they're teenagers in the cottages and when they go to Norfolk or wherever they go um, yeah. with that, the, the slightly older couple, like the veterans who were probably what, 18, 19, right. um, they go to visit someone who's actually currently a carer. And because Ruth was a bit of a bitch, Kathy's like, I'm not going. I can't exactly remember what Ruth a said to her. A bit of a bitch. She was a bitch. She was. And I can't remember what it was. What exactly. Oh, this was the point where we could get into that. Ruth mm-hmm. was a bitch. Right. So Ruth's a bitch. Tommy says he's going to stay with Kathy. Ruth did not like that. Yeah. And basically when the kids are taught geography, Norfolk was kind of described as like this lost corner. So the kids have this theory that if you lose something, you just go to Norfolk and you'll find it. So Tommy wants to find for Kathy this tape that she lost when they were kids. Um, A tape with the song Never Let Me Go. Um, A tape that Ruth actually did try to enlist people to help her find it. Like she she asked, she looked around, she asked friends, she asked Tommy to look. No one could find it. So Tommy says he wants to do this, but he's like, I need your help because he doesn't remember the name of the of the of the album. Okay, I will say like this. I found incredibly cute. I Mm -hmm. found incredibly. Yes, I do think that Tommy had feelings for her Mm -hmm. um, as in this moment, because it it is the kind of I guess in my mind, the kind of gift that's like. Gift pricing doesn't matter to me. Things right. like that. Like a gift has to have some kind of meaning. Right. But I'm also someone who loves like gift cards. Like don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. But someone like, I guess if I ever end up with anyone, someone who does something like this, like a kind yes. of gift where it's like the meaning behind it. Where mm-hmm. They're not never going to be able to explain. Like if they had friends that didn't go to Hailsham and like trying to explain this, Everybody's gonna be like, okay, whatever. Okay, you wanted this little tape, and cool. Okay, great. Okay, but this tape means the world to her, and he knows that. Yeah, he, and and he remembers. That's the other thing is yes, remembering this. Yes. Like, okay, because I just saw this. So Friends has been on TV, and as white of a New York as it is, I still find some <laughs> nostalgia in watching oh, Friends. Yes. <laughs> I did also do it's a run trash, through, but also. Second. I did also watch Sex in the City recently. <laughs> and then the movie. I will not watch the second movie again, though. <laughs> so you are all about white New York right now. Yeah, white New York. <laughs> <laughs> but there's the episode where this was during shutdown. So that's what was on TV during the day. This yes. was on TV Monday through Friday. It was on TBS, I think. And it's the episode where Ross is getting married and everyone gets their invitations. And Rachel's trying to decide if she wants to go. And while she's contemplating it, it's a little flashback of when um, it's her birthday years ago and yes. he gets her that mm, it was like a, a locket like or a, a pendant glass something i don't remember some yeah. item pendant, of ju- i think it's yeah yeah they and she was like oh my god i can't believe you remembered it was months ago we were walking and i saw this thing in this this store window and it was just like something i think her grandmother had or something yeah. and chandler makes the offhand <laughs> comment about when ross was in love with uh his ex-wife he got her some ridiculously expensive whatever and that's when rachel finds out that he's in love with her but right it's like that remembering these little things yes that you know will ha- will mean the world to your significant other so when they're teenagers in norfolk and he wants to find that take uh, tape i was just like why are you with why are you with ruth exactly. why, why are yes. you with ruth yeah <laughs> no i very much had that moment too because yeah no i definitely felt it when they were kids i guess just like by the end i didn't mm. feel it was my issue like uh, so much of that when they actually get together felt clinical and like they were stressing about this deferral that I was like 
there's not enough focus on the fact that you guys are supposed to be in love. Yeah. But then it's also like, maybe you could argue they didn't want to get their hopes up in case the deferral wasn't real. Because I also was totally like, this is not real. They're going to get let down. This is why it's on the saddest books of all times list. Um, I will say I do agree. Like the clinical side, though, the the sex, the first time they have sex, it's, it's her just like she puts her hand under his shirt and then moves her hand down. And he doesn't move or make any noise, but he looks peaceful. And I was just like. Now, yes, I think yeah. he was recovering still from he a was. donation. They still had stitches to worry about. That's an actual comment from the it book. Is. But I'm just like, ah, there should be some type of like, yeah, more enthusiastic consent. <laughs> like the her reason for doing it this way is that like once he healed and that they like had that intimacy, um, sex would be harder to put back on the table, and also. She wanted, she, this is entirely because of, like, her upbringing, I understand, but, like, didn't believe that you could have intimacy without sex. Or it's mm. harder to prove intimacy without sex. Mm. Which is bullshit. Mm-hmm. But, again, this was written in 2005. And they're clones, and, like, those are the things that, like, they're not given the full understanding yeah. and education on human emotion yeah. and awareness and everything. But intimacy does not equal sex. Mm-hmm. You can have intimacy with someone without having sex. And you can have sex with someone without having intimacy. Exactly. (laughs) These things don't always go hand in hand. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess that was the, I don't know. I don't know. I I do think we get a little bit where after they're together, he's drawing in front of her. Mm -hmm. So I think that's an intimate thing for him to do in front of her because he was never creative as a kid poor dear and miss lucy had told him it didn't matter and that kind of like it doesn't matter how creative you are and that's how he helped kind of calm his temper but then as he's older she tells him it does matter and that's where he starts to develop the theory that the um works of art that madame takes is what they need to like show who you are and he didn't get anything to her so that's why he's trying to do those things for ruth and they're very intricate like that was the other thing where i was just like like from far away it's like a frog but then when you look at it there's all these details and like other things i'm just like are we not going to praise his artistic ability here because when kathy sees it she thinks it's yeah. kind of weird and i'm like can you draw this can you draw exactly, this kathy yeah. <laughs> they like make fun of it and to be fair they are teenagers they're teenagers, teenagers are assholes. Teen- right teenagers are assholes <laughs> but, but even as an adult she's still like i don't get it right but i also don't think they let her creatively explore the way that she should be creative exploring which is music like mm-hmm. she was music and yeah. a lot of other people didn't understand it. And that is right. her creative outlet that she doesn't get to explore at all. Right. That's a good point. I don't know. I I, I believe they're in love. I just, I didn't need a full-on declaration or any kind of dramatic moment. I just, I don't know. I feel like I, there was something missing. I don't know. I guess, like, okay, I have a grandmother who late in life found love. Mm-hmm. And it didn't need a... You know, it, it caused a lot of drama and but i don't know you see them together and you can tell that they're in love Mm -hmm. and there's little ways that they show it and i just am like i don't feel that in this book i'm wondering if they are in love or very much in like with each other like to me it felt very much like there was a lot left unexplored for them in terms of a romantic relationship yes and because like 
can use myself. I was in love with my best friend before we got together, but I was spending time with him. It wasn't like we were separated for years. Yes. <laughs> and then we come back together like they did. Like, to me, I just, I, I don't know if I, maybe I'm the way to love, I think is what I see them as, that if they had had time yeah. to if really. If they had been presented it that way, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where they were or, like. We know we can fall in love or we know yeah. that there are feelings here that we want time to explore. Right. Right. That I could be falling in love with you or that yeah. I could. I don't know that they're fully there. I think if they had gotten together when they were teenagers and stayed together, then yeah, I would have said it by yeah. then. But that, that would have been a totally different life for them. Because um, the I other like, thing yeah, is... If they had confessed that as teenagers and then gotten torn apart because of this mm, whole donor care thing mm-hmm, and then came mm-hmm. back together, I feel like I would have been sadder. Yes. Or yes. Kathy had left in anger or any kind of, yeah, I don't know. It just kind of was like, it feels almost, with the punches. almost like a little bit of a detachment. Be- and I see it as like, because what if the deferral's not real? So we can't yeah. fully attach to each other or let ourselves fully fall. Not that you can always control yourself, but like keeping up certain barriers to prevent a disappointment if the deferral's not real. And then when they find out it's not real, I feel like there were some barriers because then there's also the thing of, well, we're on this track. Tommy's yeah. up for his fourth donation. He's That's not, it for him. Yeah. He's and, likely not going to survive. Right. What are we going to do from there? So He's kind of terrible to her about this he, last donation. He is, but he also knows he's going to die. So I kind of give him a I little bit it. of a pass. Get a little I bit, get the a little whole bit. understanding of like, I want you to remember me in a happier time rather mm-hmm. than like dying. That's a hard but one though, because he keeps throwing Ruth in her face. And that's where I'm just like, mm. maybe this is where I was like, are you guys in love or were you using her to get a deferral? Mm-hmm. I felt like Tommy was putting up more walls to protect himself and her. Yeah. Because he knew fourth donation. That's it for me. Yeah. But then what's, what's left for Kathy after I'm gone? Because who's gonna like kind of like a who's gonna be there to comfort her and to sort of try to protect her from the feelings that she's inevitably gonna feel when I die no matter what I want to distance myself and push away a little bit and I think we need to end when he ended things I was like okay but because I was also like what that that means she can't visit you at all and she doesn't like he says he doesn't doesn't. want her doesn't think that she should be his carer which I, I guess I can understand but at the same time it's like people today will stay together into their however yeah, old they are, you know. It's like that. I don't know. Good it's... and bad, but I don't know how to feel about this book. That's yeah. just where I'm at. I think for me, it's I don't know that they were in love. I think they were on their way to be, or could have been, yeah. but due to circumstances, I think they didn't could get have there. been easily. And like, this could have been remove the cloning aspect of it and the donation side of it, like. A very good, quiet, coming-of-age love mm-hmm. story that shows that you don't have to do all these huge gestures and everything. And I would have loved it then. I would yeah. have been like, cool. The tape thing was so cute. Yes. Yes. Let's talk about why Ruth was a bitch. Okay. Let me go back to my notes here. <laughs> Ruth is a mean girl. And like throughout the whole book, I, it, it is fascinating because this whole, I guess one of the concepts of this book is like, can clones be humans and mm-hmm. like they all have such different personalities and Ruth from like day one we which we're not told how young they're put into the school or mm-hmm. if it's like from birth or like what there's right. not really any notice of that but my assumption is 
is that it's put in young enough that they wouldn't have personalities. So she is a, she wants to be the center of attention. Mm -hmm. She is a people pleaser, mean girl. Mm -hmm. And they find out their clones fairly young. It's kind of one of those things where it seems like they kind of always know without always knowing what that means. Yeah. Like they're always told that they're very special. Mm-hmm. Um, before Miss Lucy flat out says you were created for this, um, they're told things like sex. You got to be careful with who you're having sex with because you're very special. You need to keep your body. Not quite your body as a temple, but that's basically like the best way right. to sum it up. Can't smoke. Um, yeah. Which I'm also makes sense as to why like there's probably an age range of like when they can take donations yeah um but they still like they don't I, take care of these bodies after they take the donations it's very strange. yeah i have questions for after the, we'll yeah. get to the science part that i have questions about so many questions. <laughs> um but yeah like i i am curious now at what age they come to this school and where they were before that okay that's a science yeah. question too i guess <laughs> so Knowing that about Ruth, um, she, and the fact that they're clones, they don't know who they're clones of. And I guess Mm -hmm. I had the similar thought of like, that it is people with enough money that are cloning people, like cloning themselves so that when they start to deteriorate, they can then put new body parts in. That was literally my thought that I, okay. okay. Mm -hmm. Exactly. My thoughts. Well, at the beginning and then. Yes. And (laughs) so because of that, and I guess that is kind of how they're raised to think. Um, There are potentials. I think that's what they're called. Possibles. Possibles. And. Potentials is Buffy. (laughs) Thank you. Damn it. Um, So you could potentially run into a possible on the street, which is essentially like a, an older version of yourself. Well, Mm -hmm. (laughs) someone who looks exactly like you. And. That is what happens with Ruth. They think they have found someone who looks just like Ruth, Mm -hmm. who works in essentially the dream job for Ruth, which Mm -hmm. is in an office. I just, I loved that so much that it was something so (laughs) mundane that they craved so much. Mm -hmm. And they follow her, which they regret, because the longer that they follow her, the more they realize that it's likely not her. It's yeah. definitely not her by the end. Like, they, yeah. they definitely. So she turns into a mean girl because she talks about how that, of course, it's not her. And of course, they're not going to be letting people experiment on themselves or, like, running that risk. They're pulling people out of the gutters mm-hmm. and doing experiments on people that wouldn't be missed in society. Mm-hmm. And so essentially saying that you are all clones of people that are homeless drug drug addled mm-hmm. prostitutes etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah she definitely lashes out yes. in that moment and she's not um, the first person to think this no no and um, it is honestly probably likely true yeah although until well until she said that I and then okay so she says that Later on, um, I think it's later on when Tommy and Kathy are alone that same day. He had so there's like these porn mags that pop up, and he caught he saw her once looking at it, but she wasn't looking at it for like fun. 
Yes. She was just looking at it more intently. And he figured out basically, and again, this is that connection they have, I would say, understanding of each other, that he understands she's looking for her possible in those magazines. So clearly she had that thought before Ruth lashed out. So I'm sure a lot of them have had that thought that, you right. know, where did they clone us from? They took maybe those, that society, like those like... Society basically taking advantage of those in need, like with a promise of like a good meal or maybe some money or something yeah. to, to let us clone you. But having no idea. Right. You. Do these experiments like because what if it's a painful cloning process? No idea. Yeah. Um, I feel like both are valid and I can make an argument either way. We don't really know by the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it feels like if they're cloning people in the gutters, essentially, then... It is geared up so that the donations that, like, Tommy made, he made four donations before mm-hmm. he died, or before he completed. Completed. And it's um, usually four that they can make. Yeah. Those could go to four different people, and that makes more sense, I guess, than, like, someone needing four different donations. That's true. I, but I did look at it the way you looked at it, though, and I was just yeah. like, is this a rich person who's like, oh, my kidneys are failing, so now I'm going to take my kidneys from my right. clone. Oh, my liver is going. I'm going to take that. Right. Um, what's another vital organ besides your heart, obviously? Because <laughs> I assume lungs. lungs. Okay. Yeah. My lungs are going, but like. But yeah, you couldn't take the uterus. You couldn't take. Right. Um, so like my thought was this was to pro- prolong that person's life. Like maybe at right. age 150 is when they need to take that heart. Or, but then that doesn't really line up with how old these characters usually are by the time they donate. Unless it's the second clone. Oh. You spread out your cloning. <laughs> Jesus. I don't know. Like, again, yeah. it's not really answered, and I can make an argument either way. Yeah. Like, for yeah. the good of mankind, someone who can donate to multiple people is a good idea. Yeah. For capitalism, it's old people prolonging their period, their periods of life. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm leaning more towards now, like, the it's the multiple people that it yeah. goes to whoever. Because at some point, like, the things that are deteriorating aren't your skin. And, like, from what I understand, (laughs) getting old is painful. Mm -hmm. Life's been painful for me for the past 12 years. Like, I already have a 60-year-old body. It sucks. Mm. So I can only imagine. And there are things that I feel like you can't replace, like your skin. Right. Like, that's never going to. So, like, knowing that. It's Although this is if this is a future where there's cloning, so maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But and it does feel like there's a lot of nefarious things, background stuff that I would do I would like more information on and I because this book is told first person from Kathy's point of view. Mm-hmm. We don't get much of that at all. Yeah. Because she doesn't care. She doesn't have the ability, I guess, in some ways to care. She's not they're not brought up. They're not educated mm-hmm. to question things so right. much. And so they don't. Right. And so even like finding out like the, the whole purpose of Hailsham is that it is a school to educate so that these clones feel like they have a purpose rather than you are being raised to do donations or not just sheep or whatever. Mm-hmm. And if they have souls or whatever, that's still never like scares them or like it doesn't lead to an uprising or it doesn't do anything 
Like, she just kind of is like, oh, I guess that's just life. But it's also not just her. It's all of them. But I don't know like how many of them know. That's true. Because like, it seemed like Miss Lucy only told them. But then at the same time, at some point, all of them learn. Oh, they definitely learn about donations. But I guess if you're brought up to believe that that's what you're supposed to do, then, like, why would you question that? Because, like, Christy and, is it Roger? Rodney? Rodney. Rodney. They're from a different school. Although, okay. It's, yeah, they're from a school that feels, like, so Hailsham is kind of, like, top tier one, like, Mm -hmm. the best of the best snooty kind of vibe school. (laughs) And, but yeah, Chrissy and Rodney also aren't. They're just looking to defer. They're not looking to do an uprising. But also, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I guess we're getting into the kind of the science stuff because, like, are they microchipped? Why didn't they just run away? Yeah, I was like, why don't her and Tommy just run away? <laughs> and also, <laughs> like, time. But then it's also like, oh, well, depending on what he's missing, like, I'm sure he needs like a dialysis machine or something like that. Mm, good point. Good point. But none of that's ever discussed. There's got to be a point where they can't run away because they'll yeah. need to rely on medical stuff. But I guess like, why didn't Chrissy and Rodney run away? Because it, don't, I don't get a vibe of like, yeah. There are men in the woods with guns waiting just in case they try to run away. Like they're literally right. able to drive and go all over the country. That right. The as carers, that's what that's what she has to do. She just drives from center to center to center to do yeah. her job. But that that was one of my questions. Not necessarily the science, but more the socio. I I don't yeah. know. Like this from like a socio. I don't know from like just a. I guess a human standpoint of well, why are you staying if you know yeah. that by your like mid like your 20s your 30s and you don't always get to do four notations because ruth dies she completes after her second one her body just can't there's drama about that because of like uh maybe nefariously like more and more completing after two and is that because they don't want as many around or is it like i don't know i don't think so well there was i think from there was that discussion of like oh yeah they're definitely yeah. more completing after two than they let on. That's yeah, that was Ruth's argument. I could see that, but I don't think it's purposeful. I don't think it's a, a thing to, because capitalism, they want to get their money's worth out of these clones and get all four vital organs or, right. you know, as much as they can. Um, Tommy's thing when he was after they, you know, had that conversation and found out deferrals aren't real. When he says to her, you know, there's a fear that you have and that you, that Kathy can't really understand it because she hasn't done any don- donations yeah. is what if it's not actually four? What if four happens? They tell everyone I've completed and yes. I'm actually still aware enough to know what's going on as they continue to chip away and slowly take whatever else they need. Yeah. Cause it did sound like if you did survive after four, you were no longer put in good care. I got the sense that the, the story is it's four and then you're dead. Okay. Cause there was a point where they were talking about how like, you, I don't remember. Maybe it was just Tommy's. It fear. might have been Tommy. But also, like, just speaking of the discussion, of, they put Tommy in a bigger room because he had completed three. Right. And you do three and you get to be treated like, not royalty, but like like you're above the others. But that room was a former bathroom. How big was that room? I know. And then what are the ones who are doing one and two? Yeah. Like, what do they get stuck with? Like, are they just in, like, closets? Probably. Like, I just... Or, like, doubled up. Yeah. 
so many questions because yeah the whole like like there's a lot of detail about this massive room that clearly was a bathroom mm-hmm. and i'm like is it a bathroom in a school or is it a bathroom that was like in a hotel i don't know just so much of it i'm just like yeah this still sounds terrible <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, I just, like, I mean, I get from the standpoint of, like, they've cured cancer because of this. Right. That, okay, yes. So when we find out, God, when they confront them and they end up talking to, we never find out, what, oh, Madame is Marie something. Yeah. Marie Claude. Something and like Miss that, em- yeah. Yeah. And Miss Emily, when they finally tell them, oh, one, they break, she love that they were together yeah and that they actually gave the answers that because i was a little yeah. worried but there yeah, was a part... like way to queer represent mm-hmm. but there was also a part where i was like oh it's about to get creepy because um it's when uh, madame invites them in and they're sitting down and they're talking and madame's like i go too far or shall we keep going? And at first, Kathy thinks she's talking to her. And then Kathy has the realization that she's not. She's talking to someone in the dark behind her. I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like there I was like, this someone. is where the men in guns come out or something. <laughs> and it was just Miss yeah. Emily. But Yeah. Um, the, the whole treatment of this is so bizarre. And I feel like there's something just slightly missing off the pages for it. Like... Marie Claude and Emily are both like even like they're so terrified and disgusted and all these other things about these clones while trying to prove that they are human. I didn't get the sense that they were disgusted by them. Maybe disgusted in the treatment of. And what's going to happen to them because apparently what used to happen to clones was they were not kept in such great conditions and there was a movement to treat them as humans. Right. And so that's why they started Hailsham, why the other two or three or however many schools started to try to give them humane treatment while still basically being like you're still on an executioner's block essentially. Like that's your path in life. Right. Um, And that the art that they took was to show... Like, I think, I can't remember, I think it might have been one of the guardians who told the kids it's to show your true soul. And it was really to show to others, to show to donors that they, in fact, have souls. Right. So that they could get which money to stay dark. open and stuff, which is, yeah, really fucking dark. Um, and that basically, over time, there was a, the scandal where one scientist was trying to, like, use genetics to create children who would have like enhanced abilities like intelligence athleticism and whatever and which is exactly what we fear about cloning Mm -hmm. and then a couple other things meant everything shut down so now i'm just like well what happened to what where are the clones now like the other like the younger clones what is happening because you have to put them somewhere and raise them but also there's a discussion of like when the school closes down and they're like they've been taking care of what about us that that yeah. graduated or whatever. And I was that just was like, Kathy. Kathy, calm the <laughs> like, fuck You're down. an adult. What? You have a roof, I assume. Yeah. Like from what it sounds like, you're actually like you're working. Maybe don't make money, but you always have money. Right. 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 To support yourself. I guess my other science question is, if they can clone people, why can't they just clone the organs that they need instead right. of having to create people to house them? I guess like the argument for that has always been like the best way to grow an organ is in a body 
I don't know. Is that the most humane way to do it, though, then, if this is what we're doing to these people? (laughs) I do like that um, one of the reading questions in this, I have a reader's guide in Mm. mind, Mm -hmm. is, in fact, uh, some reviewers have expressed surprise that Kathy, Tommy, and their friends never try to escape their ultimate fate. They cling to the possibility of deferral, but never attempt to vanish into the world of freedom that they may that they view from a distance. What might Ishiguro have chosen to present them as fully resigned to their early deaths? I think that also in part they do. They're aware that they're educated, but also kind of aware that they aren't educated enough to go out and be fully functioning adults. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I don't feel like there is enough there that tells me why they just don't escape yeah because like it's not it doesn't even i think kind of like if i had gotten some tears from tommy when he found out the deferral wasn't real right uh, or or um no back when when ruth had her admission of keeping them apart uh if there had been a discussion between the two of them about running away right and then even if it was just a throwaway of line of like, you know, we wouldn't survive in the real world. Yeah. Just something like Tommy and Ruth both have aggressive tendencies in different ways. And the fact that mm-hmm. neither of them or even like a mention of someone trying to escape. Like, didn't Chrissy and Ronnie try to go find the deferrals? Maybe. Oh, but they do. They have that conversation when Tommy and Ruth. And Kathy are driving to see that boat. It might be on the way back. I can't remember. They kind of gang up on Ruth a little bit. And they're like, well, why didn't you try to have your live your office right. employee life? And she's like, well, how how would I have done that? Where How would I have done that? Like, who would I have talked to? And- right. So yeah. maybe there is that realization. Maybe that's like forcing Ruth to realize, to verbalize her limitations. That she always knew that yeah. she was limited and couldn't make more with her life, so to speak. I guess maybe that is the thing is like if you oppress, they're oppressed in a way that they know that they're oppressed, mm-hmm. but also embrace their oppression. Maybe or like that this is just. I wonder if they're not taught history at all, like anything about. Uprisings. I don't think they are. I don't think so. Yeah. It well, you can't like give them tools culture. for that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Entirely like the different parts of culture, but not. Yeah, not independence and uprisings and things. Because we never find the exact location of the school, right? No. Nor what happens to it afterwards. The rumor is that a hotel chain bought it, but then we find out that that is exactly what it is. It's just a rumor. Nobody actually knows. Right. I got the sense that it was in Norfolk somewhere because the teacher didn't want to talk about it during geography class. So that was my thing. Oh, it's just the lost corner. That's just what Norfolk is. You don't, you don't, you yeah. don't go there. Um, so that they wouldn't find it for whatever reason. Right. Um, so I definitely think that, and we know, like, I definitely think that they, they uh, tailor their lesson plans, that the curriculum yes. is, it would never include uprising because you can't give them ideas. Right. So you maybe know, that's how they're. Can't teach them about oppression. You got to teach them that this is their normal this is what you'll do. You're special. It's not quite, but I wonder how I would have felt about it if, like, there would have been a more religious aspect to it in the sense of this is what you do. You're special. You donate, and then you'll be rewarded in heaven. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. I don't if think that I would, would have liked been... this at all. I don't oh, I I think. I, I would have fucking hated it more, yeah. but I think I, because. 
I think I would have felt maybe more like, all right, I see why they're not uprising. You know, they're not (laughs) because they know if I do what I'm supposed to do, I'll get rewarded in the afterlife. I wouldn't be surprised if there is something like that because of the way they talk about dying as being completing. Like you've done your job. Yeah. Moving on to bigger, better things. I don't Mm -hmm. know. It's good. I I don't know. Because I don't want to say like I don't think it could have been written better because I don't think if you've leaned too far one way or the other, this is like a weird, good hybrid of like sci-fi and a coming of age book Mm -hmm. that I don't think would have been accomplished if you lean more into the science Mm. or more into the, the moral ethnic, the the morally ethic questions of cloning. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think doing it from the perspective, maybe that's another thing is, I mean, like you said, this is from Kathy's point of view. We see what she sees. We know what she, she doesn't like care to learn more. Right. So therefore we, they, the author doesn't have to explore how, like really how all this started, how the previous clones had been treated. What happened to the school after what's happening in clones now? Because that's not what Kathy cares about right now. Right. She only or cares possibly about her. ever. Yeah. But not in like a selfish way. It's just like, right. That's kind of what they're taught to, you know, this is the group yeah. of people you care for and that's all you need to know. Plus, if you're on, if you know you're on such a limited timeline. True. Would you take the time to try to find out more? I, I probably know. wouldn't. Yeah. I'd be trying to do whatever, like, enjoy the time I have. Right. You know. You got any other major points to talk about? Um... Just kind of the idea of, like, when you don't explain things to kids, they will come up with other ideas. Like, the theory of the deferral or, like, the, you know, um, what else? The gallery. The meaning behind the gallery. Like, even even clones. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It is fascinating because, like, we did it, too. If we didn't Mm -hmm. understand something as kids, we made up the wild and crazy explanations. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, this I is just it, on a different scale, but yeah, totally it definitely right. leans into their the humanity of them. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, because yeah. I didn't question their humanity at all. No, I never did either. You know, um, even before we learn, I was just like, okay, it's a school of kids. Tommy's yeah. having a tantrum. That seems very normal. Yep. Kids are making fun of him. Also, seems very normal. <laughs> like. <laughs> Um, yeah, and, and, you know, Miss Emily talks about, like, they did nothing to perpetuate these rumors, but they also don't try to stop them. Mm-hmm. Um, probably. Oh, yeah, because, yeah. Go ahead. I think Miss Emily says they did try to stamp the rumors out at first, and then they would just pop up the deferral. Yeah. And, like, why? That would be because they there's a hope that I don't have to die as early. Right. I mean, maybe the the full on hope is a total exemption, but they're going right. for like a lower bar. Like, right. and that, that's not, that's not, that hope is not something you can like stamp out of. Yeah. Everyone. Like, so it makes sense that that rumor keeps popping up because generation after generation or however long they were doing this for, they're, they're, they're going to have hope. Yeah. It's interesting for sure. Like, the aspects of 
humanity that are cloned over and Mm -hmm. what you can't stamp out. I mean, you can, but you have to keep it there if you want them to be like clones that actually function, I guess. Yeah. Or are cultured and educated. Like, I don't know. It's so bizarre. There was one other thing about Ruth. Okay. Because I know we talked about her being a bean girl. She tries to like, she does have her like nice moments. Like when Kathy first loses that tape when they're kids, Ruth is just like, oh no, I haven't seen it. But then Kathy notices that Ruth is looking for it. She's asked, she happens to ask other friends if they've seen it. And then she finds out later when they're older from Tommy that Ruth asked him, asked other people to look for it. Uh Um, So she does have her moments of like being nice. Okay. Does she? Or is Mm -hmm. it just because that's how Kathy perceives it? And really Ruth was settling the score of how Kathy didn't maybe turn around about the pencil case and mm. also like wants to be the center of attention and found the, the tape. Mm. I mean, Kathy totally views it as Ruth is a good friend. My yeah. jaded ass. Hmm. Because like the other thing that was interesting to me was they would always have, they would have those like late night convos with their tea. Right. Like about anything and everything. And then Ruth would be a total dick to her when Chrissy and Rodney, Roger, Rodney, <laughs> Rodney. whatever, Rodney were around. Not yeah, always, yeah. but very often. Yeah. So that was, oh, okay. One other thing. Okay. About the feelings. I, <laughs> another thing for Kathy having feelings for Tommy. And I think also thinking that Tommy has feelings for her when they get the tape, when they find the tape in Norfolk, she doesn't tell Ruth. And then she's dreading Ruth seeing it. And then when Ruth does see it, she like breathes a sigh of relief that Ruth doesn't make a big deal out of it. But then of course things turn to shit when she kind of like Ruth pits the two of them against each other basically later on. Yeah. Yeah. Ruth is a terrible person. Sorry. Yeah. But Ruth is not a good person. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all for Kathy keeping that to herself. And also that Kathy finds it and is like a little heartbroken because they have to stop whatever they're doing. Like this, mm-hmm. like stop searching for it. And I will right. totally buy that Kathy had feelings. I don't know what my problem is then. I just don't, I, I, I will, I will concede and, and accept that they had feelings that they just mm-hmm. didn't want to lean in too hard in case the deferral wasn't real. Is it maybe because when we read our romances like Alyssa Cole, when they finally get together, I mean, one, we get the spiciness of it. But two, it's like a very clear we are together and we are loving this and we love each other. I mean, the last one we read together was uh, How to Catch a Queen. Yeah. And there are declarations of love in there. Or they're both cautious because of their pride, but they still make some type of declaration. Right. Maybe. I don't know. I got to think on this because, yeah, like I do... Again, really love the, like, slow quietness of this. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. But and maybe it this is triggering interested. into my own, like, need for words of affirmation occasionally. <laughs> just like, hey, you love me, right? <laughs> that's a, hey, that's a love language. Yeah, <laughs> it's a exactly. valid, valid love language. Exactly. <laughs> so. I did also, um, I think this is my last thing about Ruth, okay. is that Kathy knew since she met her that this was how she was like when they're like five or six and Ruth comes up to her and asks her she 
is talking about the horses she has mm-hmm. and asks Kathy how many she has. And Kathy thinks very hard about it before she says none. Honestly, I was like, do they really have horses? Is this a school for like rich kids? Because we didn't know. Right. <laughs> right. At that point. I- and then they go play with their imaginary horses. And I was like, oh, OK. And then I was like, wait a minute. At five or six, Kathy knew to say, right. no, I don't have any. And that that would be the answer for Ruth, Ruth would want. Yeah. And that Ruth would then allow her to play with hers and then kind of work her way up to playing with the best one that yeah. originally Ruth said she couldn't play with or whatever. So I feel like Kathy knew from the beginning how Ruth's personality. Yeah. But then I do think there were times where Ruth did surprise her with how much of a dick she could be when yeah. they were older. Very much so. so. Yeah. yeah. But also, like, if that's been your best friend your entire life, you're always going to let him roll over you. Yeah. Like, if you don't and... ever stand up for yourself, you just let him do it. And if this is your life where you're in this boarding school and then some of you are going to get sent off, can you really afford to get rid of your best friend? Are you going to be able to find another best friend? Yeah, there wasn't a moment where I was like, Ruth is just setting up so that she can either have, she is never alone. And like, I I was willing to understand that if Ruth's biggest fear is being alone and by letting Kathy and Tommy get together, she is essentially alone. Mm Mm-hmm. But that's never really confirmed or anything like that. So that's, I guess, my own headcanon. I mean, I could point to different things in the text that support it, but it's never truly revealed, I guess. I just, Ruth is a bitch. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. I, just, I know. She I'm like, okay. Yes, Madame's address was real at the end, but it's really telling where when this is almost a very close to deathbed type of yes. last action where I'm like, is this, is this real? Like, yes. You know, also the way that it's portrayed of like the look in her eye is that like the hero thinks that he's winning and then suddenly the villain has or an error happens and the villain suddenly has the gun. And I was like, what is she going to do? And then it's just her giving Madam's address. Like, I, I don't know. Did yeah. Ruth know? Ruth know that it, the deferral wasn't real? Right. That's why. I, oh, maybe. And then, OK, that's the other thing. After the address was real, I forgot there was one other part of me that was suspicious they were gonna go and madame was i don't know that it was gonna be some weird thing where ruth went to her and like was doing trying to stop them from getting the deferral and they're gonna find that out so (sighs) yeah oh ruth (laughs) i can see why this is taught oh yeah like like there's i mean because part of me is like i having these conversations this is a book that i feel like i i would like to dive back into but also Mm -hmm. i went no i really have no interest in rereading this like there are some books i'm like yeah i definitely want to reread for these clues and things like that but this one has that vibe of i would have enjoyed this as a school book Mm. yeah and like i think with kids like let's talk about body like autonomy let's talk about that let's also talk i let's talk about enthusiastic consent because we didn't really get that from tommy very much just so. saying we could really talk about that and yes. explore that <laughs> guys yeah it's definitely aging well in the sense that it's still got a plenty of things to talk about and it's not mm-hmm. like oh this is clearly from 2005 let's keep that in mind while we're reading this yeah and ethics i mean yeah. we cloned a sheep right yeah I so, think so dolly yeah that sounds right <laughs> yeah so like clearly we're both the scientists. topic of cloning humans yeah right <laughs> um Let's talk about those ethics because who knows? Yeah. Who knows what the future is truly going to bring? Very much so. Yeah. Let's All also right. talk about not being a bitch to our best friend. Oh, yeah. Don't Find be a best girl. friend who lifts you up. Not right. one that you have to sit there and think about things before you say them. Right. Yeah. But. All right. 
Um, before we talk about what we're going to read next, what are we going to read in between the podcast? So for me, I definitely want to finish the memo. So okay. that's on deck for me for nice. the next couple of weeks. Yeah, because I have only one chapter in and didn't get very far. So I'm like, all right, that's your, that's my not for the podcast. Need to finish it. It's in Goodreads as being in progress. So we got to check that off. <laughs> very nice. How about you? Uh, I am currently reading Ready Player Two. So hopefully, actually, I will likely have finished that by the time this episode comes out. So scratch that. Um, <laughs> I so let my ARC and that Galley account kind of fall apart last year. So I currently have a goal to get that back in order. Um, so I have Secrets of Camp Whatever, which is a graphic novel that comes out in March by Chris Grine, uh, who did the Animorphs graphic novel. So I am going to check that out in between episodes. And I also just got my Book of the Month box, which has Black Buck, which is Ooh. a satire. And that is by an, uh, this is a, I believe this is his first book. So I am excited. And I knew what it was about and I'm totally blanking off of it outside of the fact that it's a satire. But it has really great reviews also. Wait, which book was it? Black Buck. Black Buck. So, uh, as you guys know, we are trying to announce more books in advance of what we're reading. So we have already announced what we're reading for January, but I'll tell you again in a minute. Um, We will announce February's books in the next episode. So our second challenge for the year is read a nonfiction book about anti-racism. And we have decided to read Eloquent Rage by Brittany Cooper, which is a book we both happen to own and just hadn't read yet. So going to wrap up January, getting back into that. Hey, let's talk about these political things. Yep. Mm -hmm. Fucking government. Goddamn. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Uh anything to promote? Uh not as of right now, I don't believe. Okay. How about you? Uh I last week did um a panel for geeking out. Um I will throw a link to the YouTube video of it where I talked about books that uh left an impression on me from childhood. And I got a couple other things coming up, but none of them have rolled out yet. So when they do, I will give an announcement. Nice. Yeah. Um, it is January, and if you've been paying attention, our network has updated its logo and its website. And if you haven't, go check it out. Yes. Take it a is look. a much cleaner and uh, more encompassing look. And I, I, like I actually really, really like the yoga. Yeah. Yoga. <laughs> the logo. <laughs> oh, God. Um, and as always, our network has many, many exciting things going on. So go check that out. If you're still wanting a little bit more Christmas, we did add a Christmas podcast uh, in December that I don't think I ever actually talked about. But it was a delight to listen to. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and I don't know if I've actually said the network. Things are a little crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no one's called me about my furnace yet. Um, oh. We are part of the Certain POV Network. So go check it out. Go look at the show notes for links to our website, Discord, all of our social media. We will be back in two weeks to talk about anti-racism again because our freaking country still hasn't learned. And apparently it's our responsibility. Yep. <laughs> 
I meant yep. that as a joke, but it also hurts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Until then, please keep supporting your local libraries or indie bookstores. And also remember, you don't have to live in the same state as an indie bookstore you can support, as I just bought something from Massachusetts. So. Nice. <laughs> I wanted the pen. <laughs> There's a pre-order pen with a book that I really want. So. Yeah. It's a little things in life. you got to find joy. Exactly. Especially during a pandemic. Oh, fucking hell. We're going to hit a year on that soon. How is that going to feel? Yes, we are. We are. All right. I'm going to end this podcast before I get too sad. Okay. <laughs> CPOV. CertainPOV.com.